Welcome to episode three of the New Lung Podcast. I am your host, Jaina. And I am your co-host, Chanel. This is a podcast of our tobacco cessation program. We are tobacco cessation specialists here to assist people in their process of quitting smoking. So stay tuned. The secret to getting there is getting started. It may not be easy. It will take time. It will require dedication and willpower. You will need to make healthy decisions. In this episode, we are going to go over some general information about tobacco products. We will also have an opportunity to think about some of our reasons for quitting and discuss some activities that would assist us in that process. If you have or are currently taking one of our classes, be sure to have your packet ready. We will be referring to it during this podcast. So for those of you following along, please turn in your packet to page two, titled Just the Facts. That's the page with the big cigarette on it. Now, Jaina, before I go into this information on this page, I always like to give a brief disclaimer. Okay. So we're going to be talking about some chemicals, and for some people that can be a little bit scary. But I want to let you know that that is not the goal of this page. We are here to inform you so that whatever decision you make, it is an informed choice. Okay. Sure. All right. So now that we've got the purpose of the page cleared up, let's get into the information. So taking a look at the blue box on the top of our page, it says tobacco smoke contains over 7,000 different chemicals. Jana, can you tell me about how many of those are poisonous? 400. So at least 400 are poisonous and more than 69 are known to cause cancer. You have any idea as to why there might be so many different chemicals in one product? No, I mean, I, I knew there was a lot of chemicals, but I didn't expect to be over 7,000. Right. That's a pretty good sized number, right? Yeah. Well, all of those chemicals are in there for one sole reason, and that is to keep us dependent on this product. You can even think about it with our food, right? If you love potato chips like me, <laughs> you can't eat just one, right? No, you can't cannot. even eat just one bag sometimes. <laughs> right. And that's because that potato chip was designed with you in mind, from the crunch to the salt to the taste to the color of the bag. It had your name on it before you even knew it. And that's because all of those different products and chemicals they put into potato chips are designed to entice and enhance the flavoring of that one product. Now, you can apply that concept to the tobacco industry. Now think of a multi-billion dollar industry like tobacco. They have some pretty smart and crafty scientists that can put all these different chemicals in here to enhance that product so that whenever you take that puff of that cigarette, you want to take more and more of it every single time. Wow. So go ahead and take a couple of minutes and look over the page at some of the chemicals and let me know if any of them jump out to you. You have any questions, any of them surprising to you? Well, I mean, the first one I, I used just yesterday, acetone, mm-hmm. for my nail polish. Um, I don't know, some of these I can't even pronounce, but oh, the ammonia, why would, why would they have ammonia in there? So the good question, a lot of people really look at that chemical and pick that one out. So ammonia is found in cleaning detergent or cleaning products that we use in our house. What ammonia does is it actually changes the physical properties of nicotine. How so? 
So when you put a flame to that cigarette, what happens is chemical reactions occur, right? Mm -hmm. So when that nicotine and that ammonia interact, once a flame is put to that cigarette, that ammonia changes the nicotine into a gas. And when a gas gets into the human system, that means whatever that gaseous product is, it's absorbed at a much quicker rate and in a larger quantity. So I'm, we're all familiar with nicotine, right? That's yes. the addictive chemical that's really pulling us in for that cigarette. Yes. So when we can get that into our system at a much faster rate and in a larger quantity, that means we're getting more and more hooked on that product. I see. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of the ways in which these chemicals work to make these products more enticing for us. I had no idea. The next one I want to talk about is arsenic. Arsenic is used in rat poison. And I always get this question, why would you put a chemical that's in rat poison in a cigarette? Right, right. Why would you? Very interesting choice. Before I explain that, I have a question for you, Jaina. Sure. Do you remember your very first cigarette or your first couple of cigarettes? Um, Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. How were they? What do you mean, how were they? Did you cough? Did you get dizzy? Yes, I absolutely Mm -hmm. coughed a lot, actually. Yeah. So that's usually a common occurrence when we have our first smoke of our cigarette, we'll cough. So let me tell you what was happening during that first puff or those first couple of cigarettes. In your lungs, you have these tiny little hair-like particles called cilia. Now their job is to act as filters in our lungs and they filter out things, chemicals, gunk that's not supposed to be in there. So when you took that first puff of that cigarette, you took in all that smoke and all those chemicals and your cilia were like, wait a minute. This should not be in there. I need to get this out. So they were trying to filter out your lungs, and that's where you got that coughing reaction from. I see. But over time, did you continue to cough, Jaina? I did not. (laughs) No, that cigarette got nice and smooth, right? Absolutely. That's where the arsenic comes into play. Now, what the arsenic does is it paralyzes and kills our cilia. So the more we smoke a cigarette, the more arsenic we get in our system, the smoother that cigarette goes down every single time. So we're not coughing all the time. We're not having those bad reactions that we usually have when we smoke a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So that's the purpose of the arsenic there. But I have a silver lining because I don't like to leave things (laughs) on a down note. Thank you. Once you quit smoking and you stop putting in the arsenic and all those other chemicals, your cilia start to wake up and regrow. And you start that filtration action again. Jaina, have you ever tried to quit before? Yes, but only for maybe like a week at most. Okay. And did you notice in that time when you weren't smoking that maybe you started coughing a little bit more? Absolutely. I coughed a lot. And that's actually Mm -hmm. the reason why I continue to smoke again because it hurt too much to cough. Mm -hmm. Well, I know it's not a very pleasant experience, but it is a good thing that your body's responding that way because that is a sign that your cilia are waking back up, starting that filtration process again. And that's one of the ways our body gets these chemicals and these toxins out. Now, it doesn't happen the same for everybody. So some of us will cough stuff up and some of us might not. Your body might be performing that detoxification process in different ways. So another way it can happen is through your sweat. Sometimes when people quit, they start to sweat a little bit more. That's your pores releasing some of these toxins and chemicals out. Another way is it can happen when you go to the bathroom. Sometimes people will notice that their urine is a little bit more concentrated or has a stronger smell. That's another way that your body's getting some of these chemicals and toxins out as well. Any questions on what we just went through, Jaina? No, I just, I had no idea that all those chemicals, you know, they served a specific function. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yes, we did touch on a number of different chemicals. And for some, this is reason enough for them to want to quit. 
For others, it's not, and that's completely okay. I've been talking for quite a bit, and what I'd like to do now is hear more from you about some of your personal and motivating reasons for wanting to quit. So if you flip over to page three, you'll see that we listed a couple of examples of common reasons why people might want to quit. Some people quit for their health. They want to reduce their risk of deadly or chronic diseases. Others quit for their family or friends. Some of us might want to quit for our pets. What I'd like to do now is flip on our packets over to page four, and we'll take an opportunity to brainstorm and write down some of our personal reasons for quitting. So, Jaina, have you had a chance to write down some of your motivating reasons for quitting? Yes, I did. Okay. Would you like to share some of those with me? Sure. Um, I mean, my health, you know, I think that it will be affected. Obviously, I know that. I have a grandma who passed away from lung cancer, and I just know eventually it will affect my health. I don't feel anything now personally, which is probably why I'm not too concerned, but that's one of my reasons. That's a really great reason. Do you have any others you want to share? Well, I don't like how there are not that many places where I can smoke, right? Sometimes I feel that people are so rude when it comes to smoking. I'm. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm trying to smoke in front of them. I'm actually very respectful. When people pass by, I don't take a puff. Mm-hmm. Or if in their, they're in the middle of the street, I'll literally take the puff away from them. But still, they have to make faces. And I just don't like that feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're making judgments about me. Yeah. I just don't appreciate that. Absolutely. So some of your reasons are for quitting are for your health. You want to prevent um, any kind of chronic diseases that might come, right? Yes. And then also you feel like it's you're kind of judged. Absolutely. Smoking, you know? I really don't like it. Yeah. I don't. Do you think it's less socially acceptable? Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. When it's people I don't know. Of mm-hmm. course, when it's people I know, it is socially acceptable because I smoke a lot when I'm out with friends. Yeah. Of course. And then we tend to go to places where you can smoke, obviously, so it's mm-hmm. okay. But it's when I'm in those places, especially around where I live, that I get those looks. And I don't like it because they don't know who I am as a person. They're just making judgments because I'm smoking. Okay. And thank you so much for sharing that with me, Jaina. And what's great about the reasons you just listed is that they're personal and motivating for you. I always say I can talk until I am blue in the face about every single chemical that is in a cigarette, what it can do to you, why you shouldn't have it in you. But if you're not motivated to want to go through this quit process, at the end of the day, that's not going to really mean much. So I'm really glad that you were able to come up with two really great motivating reasons. Thank you. You're welcome. And maybe you can't think of all of them right now. That's okay. What you can do with this page is you can probably take it out, put it on your fridge or something, and maybe throughout your day, you'll come up with some other excellent reasons for quitting as well. This is going to be your page for motivation. And I always say motivation is like a shower. We need it at least once a day. (laughs) Yes, please. Okay. So we've discussed some of our reasons for why we want to quit. Now on page five, we're going to be looking at how ready we are to quit. So this page talks about our readiness to quit using tobacco. And it starts with a couple of stages that you'll experience when going throughout this quit process. Now, the first one is action. And I want to say congratulations, Dana, because you are already in this stage. Thank you. You're already taking steps to changing or modifying your behavior and quitting smoking. So 
that's really great. Then the next stage is maintenance. And that's where you've been quit for more than six months. And that's our goal. That's what we're working towards, getting you quit for more than six months. No, actually, we're working towards getting you quit forever. Yes, that's our stage we're working towards. And then the last stage is relapse. Now, this may or may not be part of your quit process, but what I'd like to remind you is that at the end of the day, we are human. Sometimes we don't get it all the time on the first try. I want you to remember all the hard work that you put into this process and say if you slip up, you have that one cigarette or maybe that other cigarette as well. Know that you can utilize the strategies that you use the first time to quit and go through this process with a little bit more wisdom and more experience as well. There's always an opportunity in any type of process like this to learn more about ourselves. And that's the time we should take when we, if we happen to relapse or if we happen to go back to using tobacco products as well. Okay, does that make sense, James? Yeah, that, what that I went definitely through? makes sense. All right, so those are the three stages that you'll encounter throughout this process. And in the middle of the page, we actually have a confidence meter. So this rates your confidence on a scale of zero, being not confident at all, to 10, being very confident that you're able to quit tobacco. So I want to take a few minutes for you to go ahead and rate yourself. And then below, there are a few feelings that you can actually circle and note which ones are contributing to the score that you're giving yourself on the confidence meter. So let's take a few minutes to do that and then we'll come back and share. So, Jaina, would you like to share your rating with me? Yeah, I gave myself a five. You gave yourself a five. Okay. You want to share any kind of feelings or emotions that might be going into why you rated yourself that? I just feel that I'm very much in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not super motivated to quit smoking. I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm not apathetic. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't care because obviously I can tell in the future that it may affect my health. But I wouldn't say any of my feelings are negative in regards to quitting smoking or 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 my confidence level I don't feel depressed or fed up or hopeless or angry if anything they're more positive I would say I'm motivated because that's why I'm here you know so mm-hmm. motivated um a little excited but more so to to learn about new ways and how I can quit because just cold turkey didn't work for me I'm really glad that you're taking a more positive spin on it and you're you're very motivated for going throughout this process. And what I do want to say is no matter where you, you rated yourself on the confidence meter, our goal in this program is to increase or build upon that confidence. And that's one of the reasons why we go through so many different strategies and techniques. We want to make sure that you are confident when a trigger or an urge to have that cigarette or use that tobacco product comes up, that you have a strategy or a technique that you can go to and use it confidently. We Our program doesn't utilize fear tactics. We don't rely on fear because what scares us today most likely won't scare us tomorrow, right? Because that's usually how it works for me. So we like to really focus on building and maintaining that confidence. So as we're going throughout this program and you're taking these different sessions with us, I want you to be mindful of your confidence and where you're falling on this scale and see how you're gradually progressing as we go through this. Okay. Any questions or additional comments on this page, Dana? No, that was clear. No? Okay. So I talked about confidence and building the confidence with these certain strategies 
strategies we're going to go through. And on the next page, we have the tobacco use journal, which is one of the excellent strategies that I always recommend you try out at least two days out of your week. Now, the way it works is you would log every single cigarette you smoke for two days. So you'd pick a weekday and a weekend day, and you would log every single cigarette that you smoke on those two days. The reason we tell you to pick a weekday and a weekend is because sometimes our smoking patterns might differ on the weekend compared to the weekday. So the way it would work is you would start with column one and you would log the time that you have your first cigarette. Say you have it at 9 a.m. in the morning. You would put the time there. You would put the place that you have the cigarette. Is it in your car? Is it right before you go into work? You would put who you're with are you, or if you're alone, what you're doing, what your mood is like. Are you sad, happy, mad, anxious? And lastly, you would write your urges. Now, your urges are really, really important for logging in this journal because it's going to help with one method we um, encourage individuals to use, which is the cut-down method. Now, the way the urges work is they'll range from a 1 to a 5. An urge of a 1 or a 2 might be... Maybe you're sitting around, you're not thinking about having a cigarette. It's not on your mind, it's not really calling your name or anything, but all of a sudden Bob comes up and he says, hey, Jaina, you want to go have a smoke? And you're like, oh, why not? I wasn't thinking about it, don't really need one, but the opportunity's there, so I'm <laughs> oh, taking Bob. it. Right, Bob, sabotaging us, right? I know. <laughs> so that would be like an urge of a one or a two. Now, an urge of a four or five might be when you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or it might be with your coffee. Yes, that is my five. Right? Breakfast of champions. Yes, absolutely. Or it might be after a meal. When you finish breakfast, when you finish dinner, when you finish lunch. Yes. Any of those times. The best times, dessert. Right? Exactly. So we want to be mindful when we're logging our urges that we put the correct number, ones, twos, threes, fours, or fives. And the way it'll work is we'll start by cutting down our lowest urges. Now, we encourage you to start with your lowest urges because we don't want to do anything that's going to stress you out. Because what happens when we stress out, Jane? Smoke. smoke. Exactly. Yes. So that's counterproductive in this state right now. Okay. So we want to do something that's going to go at your own pace and not stress you out. So that's why we encourage you to start with the lower urges. So say you want to cut down that cigarette that has an urge of a one. You'll start with the first week. You'll say, okay. This cigarette has an urge of a one. I'm going to cut it out. Then next week, you can move on to your urges of uh, twos. And then that next week after that, you can move on to your threes, your fours, and your fives. And it's going gradually at your own pace. It's not stressing you out. It's not putting pressure on you, telling you that you cannot smoke for 8, 16 hours. And it's just something that you can do to gradually modify your routine on a daily basis. Any questions about the tobacco use journal, Jaina? No, I I understand. And I can already tell the differences I have between my weekdays and my weekends. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, during the weekdays, I don't smoke that often. I'm too busy mm-hmm. with my different activities. I play volleyball. Right. And at work, I can never really smoke. Because we have to go all the way out to the sidewalk and I'm not trying to walk, especially during the summer when Mm -hmm. it's hot. But I know for me, especially during the weekends, I smoke a lot more Mm -hmm. because I'm around my friends and I go out a little bit more. There's more social activities. So I can already tell that I'm going to fill up that journal a little bit more on a Saturday. Okay. Well, that's good because that's the whole purpose of this activity is to get you thinking just the way you did right now. We want to get you thinking a little bit more about your tobacco use and when you have that cigarette. So you can kind of start exploring why it is that you're having that cigarette at this certain time and that you can also prepare when you know 
this is the time that I usually triggered or I want to have a cigarette, you can make plans to use different strategies so you don't have that cigarette. Got it. All right. So that's all I have for class today. Unless you have any additional questions on any of the material I went over, Jaina, uh, I'll see you next time. And I know you're going to be very successful this week in quitting. Thank you, Chanel. You're welcome. If you live in Orange County and are interested in attending our in-person classes, feel free to sign up with us and call us at 1-866-NEW-LUNG. That is 1-866-639-5864. And that pretty much covers everything for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode can be found on our Facebook page, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. If you subscribe to our show, you should be receiving new episodes as soon as we update them. And remember, we would love to hear your feedback. If there are any topics that you'd like us to talk about, send us a message on our Facebook page at 1-866-NEW-LUNG. Until next time, take care. Music for this podcast was produced by OrangeFreeSounds.com. The secret to getting there is getting started. It requires sacrifice. You will need to push yourself. There will be temptation. But when you reach your goal, it will all be worth it.